Welcome to a special edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. This podcast is presented to you by the all-new Seltos SUV from Kia, official vehicle of the Orlando Magic. Give it everything. And on this edition of Pod Squad, we get the band back together. Dante Marcatelli, George Galante, David Steele, and Jeff Turner. And we also check in with Fox Sports Florida broadcaster Paul Kennedy. And the five of us sit down and relive some of the best classic games in Magic history that have started to re-air on Fox Sports Florida. So some great insight on that. Also, everyone's first memories of Michael Jordan. Seems to be a hot name these days with the big documentary coming out here in a couple of days. So we'll hit on that. And we also recap the broadcaster challenge for the Orlando Magic. It runs to the end of April. We encourage everyone to donate to Christian Service Center or Second Harvest Food Bank. We're also running a contest. All details are on OrlandoMagic.com. So we encourage everyone in Central Florida to get involved. And we're going to try to feed people that need it here in Central Florida. So a terrific opportunity to all come together. Hopefully you enjoy this edition of Magic Pod Squad. This is Aaron Gordon of the Orlando Magic. This is Evan Fournier. This is Jonathan Isaac. This is Mo Bamba. Check out what's new with the Orlando Magic Pod Squad. The host of characters give you a behind-the-scenes look at Magic Basketball. The Magic Pod Squad has you covered. Subscribe and rate on iTunes and the Google Play Store today. And welcome to another edition of Magic Pod Squad, an official edition of Magic Pod Squad. We're getting the gang back together. This is exciting. This podcast presented to you by the all-new Seltos SUV from Kia, official vehicle of the Orlando Magic. Give it everything. Dante Marcatelli, George Galante, David Steele, Jeff Turner reunited with you guys, and Paul Kennedy. Man, this is a treat getting the band back together here, guys. How are you? Great. It's good to see everybody. Fab five. Everybody's good. <laughs> Everybody, David, how's the weather where you are? Weather's good Up here. Where I am? It's yeah. chilly. It's chilly. It's, uh, it was in the 30s this morning and uh, just got through with a nice long walk and a little brisk breeze blowing. It feels good up here in North Carolina. So let's, uh, let's fill everybody in. So we're all, what, me, JT, and George are in Orlando. PK, David, where are you guys? Orlando. Orlando. I guess I'm the only one that fled. Uh, my wife, my wife and Sally and Coach and I, we, we, we are self-isolating. In, uh, North, in North Carolina. We came up here a couple of weeks ago, and we haven't seen anybody. I'm so glad to see human faces. I haven't seen anybody. Except <laughs> my wife and my dog. That was going to be my question. My question was going to be, when was the last time you saw a person up in the cabin? You've you got to be just seeing oh, animals. Boy, I tell you what, it's, uh, it's beautiful up here, but, uh, you know, I'm ready. I'm, we're we're going to be heading back to Central Florida here pretty soon. It's been nice. Uh, it's chilly, though. Very chilly. It's, it's pretty warm down there, right? Central Florida. That's been keeping up with uh, this is the coldest my family down there. It's been in a while. Paul, Paul, David heard the word pandemic, and he abandoned his entire family. He fled to North Carolina. <laughs> he took the dog. He took the dog. He didn't take the dog. Can't, can't forget <laughs> Coach. Well, let's do a hair check. JT, I imagine, uh, is that why we got the hat on here today? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's might, it might be a little scary, so here's the big reveal here. So notice we got yeah. a little going on in the back. Oh, man. Down the sides. I'm going back to uh, 1980 with this haircut, probably. We're getting there, high school. Barbershops barber shops are pretty much closed, so who's going to volunteer to do the haircuts here? Are we all... Self haircutting? You're gonna wait it out, JT, or you're, you're gonna go with uh, is Petey gonna take care of it? 
Um, Didi would take care of it, but I just assume waited out because I, I just don't know. <laughs> what would it take for all of us to let our wives cut our hair? Could it get to that point? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got in just under the wire. I mean, just before the shutdown, I had an appointment. I, I raced it. I couldn't get there fast enough. I, I could see this coming. So I've got a few more weeks before, you know, probably, I, I probably got a couple of months, actually. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't go that far, though, fellas. You know, the funny, the funny thing is, is Laura wanted to get, like, Laura wanted me to take the boys in to get a haircut, like, right when this all started. And I was like, no, 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 we can wait, we can wait. And then we waited too long, and now we're all past the point of no return now. With the three of us, are we look ridiculous. The, 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 my, my another son. month. We reached out about nine weeks. Month. Yeah. Another month, this is going to look like a 1970s rock album. <laughs> I like the facial hair, Dante and George. Yeah, Paul, you know we got we got some work to do. I don't think I can do that though. I don't think uh, I'm capable of making that happen. I'm nope. still not. I'm still not convinced I, I'm capable of making it happen. I, you've got, you know, you've got the Abraham Lincoln thing going. <laughs> that looks real good. That looks really good. And I, you don't have as many colors as I have in mine. <laughs> Dante's got a lot of gray showing, David. Yeah. Yes, he does. I noticed. A lot of gray. <laughs> Whereas my daughter say, Daddy has a lot of white in his hair. A lot of white. <laughs> hey, I think you guys. I think you guys would all be interested in knowing this. Um, I, I wouldn't you love to know? By now, we've all gotten four text messages from Paul Kennedy with different articles to different. <laughs> I would love to know Paul's day. You wait. How early do you get started? And what is, your, what is your plan of attack when you're researching all these great articles you send us? 6.30 in the morning, the alarm goes off, right? Yep, Camp yep. Kennedy, head out to Lake Eola for a couple of laps. Yep. <laughs> Come back in, fire up the computer, and start That's reading. Awesome. Now, we're supposed to be reading books, right, and catching up on literature, those novels you've never read. I get trapped, I don't know about you, Orlando Sentinel, New York Times, Twitter, here we go. Facebook. Oh, look. Boom, boom. YouTube. Oh, that's cool. 1970 Santana concert. That's great. I'll send that to George. <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's an interesting point because it used to be, you know, if you had time like this, I would sit down with a book, you know, and read, which I, I do have a couple going right now, but, but I'm not in them as much because there's so much information on the internet. You're trying to keep up with what's going on. You spend so much time with probably things you, you probably shouldn't be, shouldn't even be worried about, can't do anything about. But uh, you know, maybe we should all think about getting back to reading just a good old book, cover book. Oh, there, is that the dog, David? Uh, no, that's mine. <laughs> not my dog. <laughs> that's my, she always wants to let us know when the neighbors That's not are. my dog's bark. That, that's, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> you can recognize that. Well, I think it's, I think it's interesting. You guys are all a part of this, but uh, you know, we had a conversation, David, if you want to fill everybody in uh, about a couple of weeks ago, just trying to figure out a way that all of us magic broadcasters could maybe come together uh, and use whatever platform we had to, to try and raise money for some great organizations here in central Florida. We're off and running. And uh, I think it's a, I think it's a great contest that we're running and I think it's all for a great cause because it's amazing. There's a lot of people hurting out there right now, David. And if we can feed some of them and, and kind of help fill a need here in Central Florida, we're hoping to do that. Yeah, you guys have probably seen the same video and read the same stories that I have all around the country. Food banks are having shortages and um, just can't come up with enough uh, uh, food to, to feed those that really are in need right now. So 
you know, Dante, you you reached out and you know, to all of us and said, you know, is there any way we can come up with a plan to uh, maybe raise some money and help some people in Central Florida? And you know, every one of us here, everybody was all in. All the broadcasters were all in on it. And uh, you know, I just had this idea to uh, try and do something that would be maybe raise some money, have some fun, and uh, help help out those those uh, groups that really need help right now. So. Uh, yeah, the, the contest is the broadcaster's challenge, and uh, we're, we're throwing out videos, fun videos that indicate how much we love Orlando and, and the Orlando Magic, and uh, we're making donations to uh, uh, one of two organizations, the Christian Services Center or the Second Harvest Food Bank, who both, you know, uh, operate, they, they operate together a lot, and they do a lot of the same types of services for those in need in Central Florida. So we're trying to raise money. Uh, you can uh, fans can can post their videos of uh, you know showing maybe their kids or just uh, do a little do a little uh, on air clip, a little uh, 10, 15, 20, 30 second clip talking about how much you love Orlando and the Magic, or maybe it might be a video of your kids or your family, um, and and then make a donation to one of those two organizations. And then we're going to do a, we're going to get everybody together when this is all over with and take a look at the videos that have been entered and pick a winner. And when we get back to uh, having fans in the arena, and uh, we can have uh, a contest winner uh, have uh, courtside seats and, uh, and and meet and greet with the Magic broadcasters. So that's the way it works. I'm not exactly sure technically how it works, Dante. I'm, I'm trying to figure that out, but maybe you can help us out with all of that. All yeah, those well, everyone, all the details are on orlandomagic.com. You can find the Magic Broadcasters Challenge. And, and uh, David, that's a great summary. I mean, really, we just encourage you to donate and then upload a video to Greenfly. You'll download the Greenfly app and upload a video, and we'll pick a winner. And we'll wine and dine them. You're going to get ultimate seats to a future game, access to the lounge, and, and a meet and greet. JT is going to walk you around the arena. PK will check in as well. And uh, <laughs> it should be a lot of fun. And, you know, JT, you've done these kinds of things for a while, there, there's a lot of worthy causes here in Central Florida, and, and you see, you know, obviously uh, uh, the, the great need that's here in Central Florida. No question, Dante. I, you know, I, I'm so proud of the Orlando Magic organization. Um, you know, so many different people, whether it's players. Yeah. You know, Steve Clifford uh, yesterday uh, stepped up for an organization that he right. supports, and. Uh, you know, when you, when you and David reached out about this, this is a no-brainer for us. And, and I think the great thing is we can have a little fun with this. Uh, Magic fans can have a little fun. Um, you know, I've gone back and, you know, found some old photos of the girls when they were little at Magic Games and doing some things. So from time to time, I'm going to post some of those. So, um, and, and just, you know, I think have a good time. And, and help Central Florida. Our neighbors are in need in Central Florida, and we need, to, we need to step up and take care of them. They might like to see as well with uh, our television production truck that we have and all the, what is it, 25, 30 other people that are involved each and every night, the technicians, the cameramen, uh, Ty Eastham, our producer, Greg Hartung, our director. They might have to catch a glimpse of that. I think it'd be fascinating, uh, all the complexities that go into the telecasts from uh, the Amway Center each and every night. That'd be a wonderful opportunity, Jeff, uh, David, Dante, George. We could perhaps walk them, walk our guests back there, and uh, that'd be pretty enlightening because there's so many people that, that put pour their hearts and souls into these games each and every night. Yeah, I would up, I would be up for the fans seeing the truck so that they know <laughs> what the truck is. That when David's is this anything? I am not the bell buzzer. 
I'm up who to that. Who rings that bell? I got to meet that person. <laughs> I want to know who, who hits the buzzer. The bell is the problem. The buzzer I have an issue with. <laughs> we got to find out it who that culprit is. <laughs> we got to find out who that culprit is. Hey, how excited are you guys? Fox Sports Florida is going to start re-airing uh, some classic magic wins here throughout history. Uh, you're going to see Paul Kennedy part of those telecasts and obviously Jeff Turner playing in those games. And, uh, you know, David, you watched all those games. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch those re-airs. Paul, I, I know I know that's got to take you back, right, all the way back. You, you started in the beginning back in 1989. We're going to see Shaq's debut. We're going to see those, uh, those 1995 Eastern Conference semis and, and some, some great wins from that first year. The mayor of Winter Park with that left-handed baseline jumper, Jeff Turner, 31. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot more hair back then, so you're going to get to see a lot more hair. That would be good. But there's some electrifying moments, and it isn't, it's just so much fun. It's as if time stands still when you go back there. You see the Heart and Hustle team. You go back to the NBA Finals team of the mid-'90s. And, Jeff, the very first teams. Every night, wasn't it just so special? When you came out on the court, whether you won 20 games or you won 50 games, every night was a festival. It was spectacular. It's going to be fun watching that. Uh, the first replay, I think, guys, is the, um, the first game in the, uh, the old Amway Arena, or I guess it was the O-Arena back then. Um, and so that, that's going to be fun. I, I never get enough of that one because it brings back a lot of memories for me, the energy in the building. Um, David, you'll remember, like, it was the same people in the seats all the time. Everybody was so excited. If you bought season tickets, you were at every one of those games. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Or, you know, to, to go back and watch it will be exciting as well. Right. We've relived that over and over again through the years, haven't we? It's been uh, discussed, but uh, it never gets old for those of us that were there. Um, it felt like we'd won a, a, some kind of a championship. It was, in reality, a preseason game, the first preseason game in Magic history. And it was, uh, for fans that might not be aware, it was against the defending champion, Detroit Pistons, the game. So it was Chuck Daly and Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, Bill Lane Beer, John Sally, the, the bad boys who had uh, come off winning the NBA championship. So for them, it was just, a, you know, preseason game number one and an eight-game preseason building up to what was going to be another long regular season and then another long run into the postseason for them. For us, it was everything. You know, for the fans in Orlando, it was, it was a new beginning. It was, uh, it, was, it was one of the most exciting nights in my professional career. It truly was, and it still stands out in my memory. And I, uh, Jeff and Paul, I'm sure you feel the same way. It's, uh, it's a night that I'll never forget. It was really special. I won't spoil the ending for those that don't know what happened. It was pretty, it was pretty fun. I just see, I wanna, what was it like, Jeff, when you went out each night, and that was Larry Bird, and that is Magic Johnson. They're the, they're the icons of this league. That's Isaiah Thomas that you were playing against. This is Madison Square Garden. and uh, The old uh, Chicago Stadium. What a oh, great building that was. That's, that's MJ. This is Chicago. Yeah. What was that like, <laughs> Oh, you're taking me back, Paul. You know, you, we can go. We can have a conversation about the NBA in the '80s and '90s and how good it was and the, the star power. You've named a few of them, but every night, particularly back then in the Eastern Conference, and I mean, look at the Atlantic Division where we started. Um, pretty good teams. You had great matchups every night. Patrick Ewing. 
<laughs> I just want to know: will we will we get to see will we get to see Paul wearing that button? You know, the giant button that he had to wear during pregame shows at the Olive Garden. Like it was like the size. It was like this big, right? Hospitaliano. Remember that Hospitaliano. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't. They couldn't have a small enough word for that button. That's why the button was this big. They wanted to put the logo on the back of his sport coat, and he drew the line on that. So they they gave him a badge, you know, as big as uh, you know, a donut. Paul, did Maddie did Maddie like you putting that big pin on him? Did he like wearing that? I don't think Maddie liked anything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. Oh my goodness, the stories. I remember you know what I'm sitting thinking, guys, is here we are. How many, how many NBA franchises have a broadcast crew that has a lifetime of experience, the entire history of the franchise that are working, the, the games? I mean, Jeff, a player, Paul was there in 89. I was the radio play-by-play -play guy. We're all, we're all still around. We're all still working. And, you know, it's kind of cool that we can bring a, a perspective to the franchise that, uh, you know, there's not that many people have. And, and we're all, you know, capable of doing that. We're, we can all still think and, uh, and get up in the morning and walk around. <laughs> That's a plus. At least That's for now. And you all still want to remember. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> That's right. And Paul, maybe they can meet Paul Porter as well. Paul, too. Yeah. Yes. Public address announcer since day one. You know, yeah. I know it's a, well, it's a great place to live. So I think we all recognize that. And it's a first rate organization and Fox Sports, Florida, the magic. I mean, we're all just so blessed uh, to, to have this opportunity. And I'm looking at this list of these classic games, these re-airs. You guys mentioned the exhibition game. Well, we're re-airing uh, the win over the Knicks, the win against Magic Johnson and the Lakers, the win against Michael Jordan in the Bulls. You guys beat some heavyweights. You, you, I bet you all thought right away you were going to the postseason the way you started that year and, and, and pulling off some of these big wins. We were good in November, Dante. We were really good in November. We'll just forget the rest of the year, though. <laughs> seven and seven in the month of November, right, David? Seven and seven. We were rolling. The rest of the way. Don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Came back from uh, Cleveland, two and one. The band was there, the cheerleaders. Um you know, it was, it was, those were high times for sure. But this city, but the city must have embraced that, right? I mean, this city must have really been on fire with the having a team and then the way you started. At the end of the first season, they played on the road. You were on the road, David, Jeff, I was there in Minnesota against our expansion rivals, the Timberwolves. Neither team is going to win 20 games that year. It's one of the last games of the season. They're playing in the Dome, the Hubert H. Humphrey Dome. And weren't there over 40,000 people at that basketball game the first year? <laughs> the end of the season between two expansion teams. That was the fervor. Looked like a football game. 40,000 people to see the Magic and the Timberwolves. Yeah, it was not, not a real high quality of NBA basketball, but it was, uh, it was special because both – Fan bases were just on fire about having a team. To your point, you're absolutely right. The passion for it was incredible. Mm -hmm. This podcast is presented to you by the all-new Seltos SUV from Kia, official vehicle of the Orlando Magic. Give it everything. You know, there's going to be a lot of talk. There already is, and in, in the coming weeks, about Michael Jordan. You know, there's a lot of uh, news coming out, and in uh, a pretty neat documentary on MJ. You guys all have your first memories of MJ. I'd, I'd love to go through those. Mine was 
when he came back as a Washington Wizard. I, I got to see him uh, as a Wizard. A lot of people forget that, Michael Jordan, but he, <laughs> he had a good couple <laughs> of years. But, I mean, JT, you go all the way back to the Olympics. I mean, just go through your, your first recollection of MJ. Even before that, Dante, um, I had the uh, opportunity to play with uh, Michael on a USA Select team that traveled uh, over to Europe in, uh, I think, 1982. It would have been after uh, his freshman year when he hit the shot, the big shot to beat Georgetown. In New Orleans. Um, so I got to spend, you know, a, a month with him traveling overseas. And, um, and then, as you mentioned, being a part of uh, the Olympic team with him, um, you know, my recollect, my favorite memories of Michael Jordan are all off the court in those situations and, and seeing the competitor in other parts. I don't have too many good memories of being uh, an opponent of Michael Jordan. That was never a, uh, a positive for any of us, I don't think. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the games that we were able to win, um, we're going to see one, as you mentioned, um, the – uh, in the expansion year, when Otis Smith beats uh, Jordan, uh, beats the Bulls at the buzzer. Uh, Jordan had 52, and we still end up winning the game. That was fun. Um, so it's going to be fun, though. I'm really looking forward to this documentary because I'm anxious to see how deep they really go behind the scenes. They've got, what, I heard 10,000 hours of footage, uh, which is incredible, um, that they had to dig through. Eric Barnhart and our staff, Lynn Mixon, Others have been pouring through these games and uh, pulling them up. And it's just amazing to watch. Wasn't the Otis Smith basket against Michael on a night in which Otis held him to 52? Uh, <laughs> wasn't that immortalized by Leroy Neiman in that wonderful work of art, that print? He's driving to the rim. It's a, a classic art, sports artist, Leroy Neiman. And I think mm -hmm. that, that speaks to the popularity of it. It's yeah, that's right. David, had you seen Michael before 89 when you did a, with that first Magic Bulls game? What was your first recollection? Not, not in person, Dante. You know, obviously I'd watched uh, the, the, the college basketball, uh, what games were on back then, uh, the NCAA tournament and his, his tremendous performance, the baseline jumper, you know, for North Carolina. But uh, not in person. Um, it, what, I, my, what stands out to me about him was uh, how great he was from start to finish of his career. But early in his career, and uh, Jeff just mentioned it, and Paul, you know, he would get routinely 30, 40, 50 points. But his teams weren't, uh, you know, they weren't all that great early on. But he was just so much fun to watch. He was sensational. He could do anything he wanted to do with the basketball. He could score pretty much at will. But to watch him progress from that guy who just had all that immense talent into a guy that understood how to win NBA games and became the player that, you know, maybe sacrificed uh, some, obviously sacrificed a lot because he could have dominated every game every night in the prime of his career. But to watch him develop from a guy that was that guy as a young player into a guy that understood how to win championships, that was pretty, pretty special to see his entire career from start to finish in that way. Paul, how about for you from a, just an interview standpoint? I would imagine there he is, his airness, right? You're about to speak with Michael Jordan, and the, the media circus that probably came with that, uh, that's probably pretty memorable, I would think. Yeah, it was. And uh, to do him was great. He's surrounded by people. Larry Bird would talk. You just had to get to the arena at 4 o'clock because he was going to shoot before yes. everybody else did. They all had this ambition, this drive. And Bird had already been a champion. 
And uh, you're absolutely right. There was such an aura about those guys. But at the same time, and, and you've talked about, David and Jeff, the arena with all the same seats, there were so many celebrities coming to see the magic. So we would have them on as guests at halftime. Uh, Arnold Palmer, Payne Stewart, Stephen Stills of Crosby, Stills and Nash. Every night there was another person just wanting to come and talk, see this in person as they came through Orlando. And we would invariably have them on the air. Do you remember that, David? They were, it was mm -hmm. David, Jeff. Jeff was too focused on the game. Today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like Madison Square Garden, the celebrity road. But you he's have about all the, it, he's about to take an elbow from Carl Malone. He's focused on other things. <laughs> yeah. Monty Hall from Let's Make a Deal was there. It just went, it was fun. It was just so much fun. And Pat Williams had orchestrated, had orchestrated all of this. You know, it was it was great to watch him in Orlando, but it might have even better to see those games in the old Chicago Stadium. With the player introductions, I still get chills thinking about it when they when they drop the lights. The Alan Parsons project song started playing, and uh, you know I saw a promo for the for the for the documentary that's coming up, and they're using that music, you know, in in their promo, and it you know I it just gives me chills thinking about how great that was. The PA announcer finishing it up with and from the University of North Carolina, number twenty three, Mike Jordan. It's pretty it's pretty cool. What was that? You like? couldn't and you couldn't hear his name. No, no, you, you know, couldn't hear his name. The intensity was so loud. So I have one. Here, I have a Michael Jordan story to share with you guys. So uh, 1984, my, we come into the league, you know, same class and everything. I'll never forget, we're practicing in New Jersey at the old AP trucking uh, gym. That's where we practice. And right after we were done, the Bulls were coming in to practice at that facility. And Michael walks in, and he's got the new Air Jordans on, right? Remember the original the red and the black and the yeah. white's very unusual because everybody was either wearing white shoes with the logo and everything. And I'll never forget some of my older teammates saying, man, look at that kid. He's got, those are clown shoes. Nobody's ever going to buy those. How about that? Wow. <laughs> and look where we are wow. now with the uh, Air Jordan brand. So uh, it's it incredible. Kind of funny. Way before his time. Yes, he was. But you all, Jeff, when you came to Orlando, can I make this point? You guys wanted to win so passionately on an expansion team. It could have been the first year or the second year. You were playing in Dallas toward the end of the season, and Scott Skiles injured his shoulder, if I recall, during the game and refused to come out and played with almost a partially separated shoulder or put it back in, <laughs> in agony. You know, gutty-gritty. How many of those games did you see? Dive it on the floor, David, that he – just the competitive, the competitive nature of you guys against the league's elite teams. Yeah, well, I mean that was that was Scott Skiles too. I mean that that he played through a lot of injuries. I, you know, Jeff, you probably remember a few others too. Um, there was a hand injury that uh, he could barely move his his fingers and his you know his thumb. His right hand was not operable, and uh, I don't I don't think he missed any games at all. So you know, you look at that was a different era, and he was a different kind of guy too. But uh, but, that, but that's the way it was back then. You're right, Paul. I mean, uh, got, these guys wanted to compete. They wanted to go up against Michael Jordan and the very best, and uh, they were there pretty much every night. Paul, Paul, George and I won't do a podcast if anything hurts. 
<laughs> George is day to day. My back is bothering me a little bit today. I was trying to. <laughs> He's bothering you with a sore neck. Patella tendon soreness. Bruce, By the way, you guys, are doing, you guys are doing great work on the podcast. Uh, just getting, getting the players and uh, the insight that you're getting from them, it's, it's been fun to watch. Well done. Well, we appreciate it. We miss having you guys involved. That's why it's great to catch up now. And it's been fun to talk to these guys. And, and you guys can all weigh in, too. George, I think the thing that stands out to me is, obviously, we understand the situation we're in. And it's a dire situation. We have to stay home. And we're in complete agreement with all the decisions that have been made to this point. But there's a feeling amongst every one of the guys that we've talked to that they had turned a corner, that they had found something, and that had they been able to keep playing – we were going to have a pretty special finish, especially the stretch of games we were coming into. I know we all feel that, but it was interesting to hear them say they, they really seem to have, have found something uh, those last those, you know, 10 games after the All-Star break. I think, I think even the four of us might have even talked about it on the plane ride back from Memphis yeah. when we first got on the plane that you know we were starting to look ahead at the schedule and you saw – a lot of home games coming up against teams that were under us or maybe even with us. And, uh, you know, David and JT both had said, you know, like we're, we're about to go on a really nice run here. It's coming. And, and it already had started with the end of that trip because those were, those were three really quality wins that we had to finish that trip. We all kind of went into that trip, you know, kind of bracing ourselves thinking, Oh, if this goes sideways here, we could be in trouble. And it, and it, <laughs> well, maybe that was just me, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but that's it went George the other October way. In April, that's George. <laughs> this could really get sideways. <laughs> you know, and and but but you know, we 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 could have left that trip four and zero. We we had a really good chance of beating Miami, and then we come out the next game and 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 dump truck Minnesota, and then we and then we absolutely obliterate Houston and have that great comeback in Memphis. And we had all got on the plane that night and thought, man, we're we're really starting to to find our groove here and look at the schedule ahead and think, you know, we're going to at least get to seven and, right. and see where this thing ends up. And it just, uh, yeah, it was, a, it's just tough timing for everything. I like dump truck. That's a very, <laughs> you can use that if you want. Dump truck people. I got a pen right here. I'm writing this down. Dump. Is that two words, one word? That's dump one truck. word, dump trucked. Dump truck. But didn't you guys feel that? Didn't it's you a verb, it? it's not a noun, Paul. That's right. <laughs> it's a verb. But David, I mean, we, we talked about it. We talked about it when we got on the plane. You, you, you could feel that things were turning. Yeah, when I, you know, I've been, uh, I've been also, among all the other things that we're doing, long walks and, uh, you know, eating pretty well and uh, watching – binging TV shows or whatever we're doing or reading. And I've gone back and looked, uh, you know, at where the magic were at that point and, you know, how the season was going. And, um, you know, I don't think we had, we had started thinking that George, you're right. We had, we had started thinking, wow, this thing is, is maybe headed in the right direction now, but you go back and look now six wins in the, in the previous nine games. So it was six of nine, six and three, two of the losses. One of them was at Miami. Remember they made 22 threes. That's a right. franchise record and one by three. If they don't, you know, I mean, they, they just had an extraordinary night shooting the three ball or, or we win that game. And the, one of the other losses was at San Antonio when Evan, unfortunately, has an opportunity to win the, the game on a driving layup and can't finish that shot. We lose by one point. So you very well could have been, you know, a team that had won eight out of nine, eight out of nine. and uh, coming home with a favorable schedule. So 
yeah, I think things were things were definitely looking up. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I, again, I I think it, it very similar to to last season as well. It's it, it I what I love about our coaching staff and the, and the way that this thing is put together, the way they put the season together is I, the message never changes. Right? It's the same. Um, they, they harp on the same things. Yeah, they make adjustments during the season. We saw the pace pick up during the stretch that you guys are talking about. But the guys, the message is consistent, and then the play just kind of picks up as you would expect it to. We had some downtimes, obviously, early, but um, I, I, I thought we were peaking exactly like we did at the end of the last season going into the playoffs. So a little disappointing, although it seems like that was a year ago to me that yeah, since I the know. Memphis game, but uh, um, I know it hadn't been that long. Paul, how did you feel? How did you see it? I, I know you're you're involved in uh, in, in, oh, in the shows from the studio. You had to, you guys, your insight and your analysis. You, you saw this thing. You could feel this thing was changing. Right. Absolutely, with Coach Hill, when Coach Hill is involved, um, Bo Outlaw involved. Uh, it, it's absolutely. It's exactly what you've you've said each and every night. Uh, I think one of our other concerns has to be as well if you're going to get a new Tom Brady jersey. <laughs> the back wall because okay wait can we talk can we talk about this paul let's because talk that's, not, that's not you got penny over here which i love is that penny or is that T-Mac. T-Mac. that's t-mac poppy right i know you're good with yeah. poppy guys yeah. here's here's the that's new poppy but i just david does that bother you or is it just me jeff uh george does yeah. that here's the, the box here's the new debate okay okay i'm Dante with you now says that he's going to root for the bucks because Tom Brady is on the Bucks, and that if the Bucks and the Patriots somehow ended up in the Super Bowl, which they're not going to because the Patriots are going to be horrible this year. Thank you, George. That, that the <laughs> two of them would meet, he would root for the Bucks. He would root for the that, That's he, he said this all the time. He was raised a Patriot fan. There's no way. I, 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 I got to see it to believe it. Dante is not a one-player Guy. He, he is, is on team guy. He, he is, is on record. He is on record as saying really? cheer for this the one exception. This one exception. The, the Patriots dropped the ball. You don't let this guy leave New England. You don't let him leave. And oh, you're, you're, you're angry. I'm a Patriots at, at, fan. Yeah. I'm a Patriots fan first, and I will adopt the Bucks and I'll cheer for Tom Brady. But if they meet in the Super Bowl, I want Tom to beat Bill. I want Tom to beat Bill. That's what David, I want. David, what do you think about that? I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm like JT. I'll uh, I'll have to see that to believe it. Yeah, he, he's such a Patriot his, fan. It's hard for me to see him going with any other team. So we see Dante wearing a Tampa Bay Buccaneer hat. On Great the question. Road. Great question. Not sure about the gear. I think if somebody sent it to me, like if I got a box with a bunch of stuff, I think I'd. I think <laughs> if I'd you got a box from hat. Tom Brady. Yeah, if I got a box from Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, he'll have a pirate hat. Arr. <laughs> hey, a little iPad. He's got one of those now with the one with the big feather on it. That's just sitting in the back. I want Tom. Uh, Tom brought us so much joy. So did Bill. But I want to see Tom beat him. I think that'd be fantastic. I want to see Tom get one more. That's just me. And then and then we can win like seven or eight more after Tom retires. I'm fine with well, that. <laughs> well, I don't listen, get it. guys, what are we going to do? To pass our time. I, I, we miss seeing you guys, miss our lunches, our dinners, traveling. 
talking during the season? What, what's everybody doing to pass time here and, until we get back out on the floor? I'm eating ice cream. Good. Good. <laughs> Me <Eating> too. Flavors? <laughs> I did a Haagen-Dazs Ben and Jerry's uh, side by side the other night. That was fantastic. <laughs> a Haagen-Dazs with a side of Ben and Jerry's? <laughs> yeah, that was it. I did a comparative analysis. Good for you. <laughs> That's very good. I've got a question. I've got a question for everybody. Yes. Gaining weight or losing weight? Oh. I'm 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 at a plateau because I I found myself I'm I've gone I've gone on more walks than I would normally have so I and I'm making it a point because my my wife has been really good she's been getting setting an alarm and getting up every morning and she goes out and does like four or five mile walks now and so I've started to feel like I better get my acting gear to keep up so I, I've been taking a nice four mile walk here and there that I have not been doing before. So my eating is still garbage, <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I would say I, I think I'm, I'm leveled out right now. I'm even. Okay. I think so. I'm even. Paul, another term for you. George likes to say he treats his body like an amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> I have a new nickname. Joan calls me Puff Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> or probably David either has gained one pound since no. then. Jeff, how much, Jeff? Have you been riding your bike? I'm not. No, I, I'm taking a lot of walks. Didi yeah. and I get out and walk. I've got some home projects I've been working on and things like that. I will say I had a little bit of a spike around the 9th, my birthday. I consumed yeah. an entire carrot cake. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Good for you, Jim. I was I didn't share it. I'm sorry. I couldn't share Carrots it. Carrots a vegetable. There you go, Paul. There you go. That's what I said. Was, I felt for you, man. How was birthday in quarantine? Hey, not too bad. I had barbecue and carrot cake. Can, can it get any better than that? That's oh, pretty right. good. Perfect. Notch. That's right down your alley. <laughs> My only decision has been happy hour was like every other day, every three days. Now it's every day. And it's, it's what time are we going to start it today? Sometimes it's the morning, it fluctuates. It's five o'clock somewhere. David, I'm not. How did you do with Easter candy? Did anybody have Easter candy? Any sugar? Anything, None. anything like that? <laughs> oh, no, man. I ate a little chocolate. No. More pressure oh, yeah. on my belt buckle than the back of the Hoover Dam right now. So, <laughs> No, my girls did pretty well, did pretty well on Easter. But it's hard. you can't get out and find things, so everything had to be ordered and, and all that. But listen, guys, it's been great catching up with you, and I think one more thing, we encourage everybody to go to orlandomagic.com. Uh, we're trying to raise as much money as possible. So donate, go to orlandomagic.com. It has the link, and then download the Greenfly app and upload a picture or a video, and we're picking the best one. And that winner is going to get four ultimate seats, wine and dined uh, for future Magic game. And we're all going to treat them right. Right, Paul? We'll take them in the truck. Absolutely. Uh, you know, George can help us. We'll walk around and give them nice access. Uh, and we'll give them a little Magic gear maybe. We'll, we're really going to make it nice. We're going to reward that generosity and, and try to help some people here in Central Florida that need There's it. There's nothing more painful than hunger in right. this world. And we can, we can change that. And everyone watching can change this. And we will certainly show them a wonderful time. The, uh, 
Christian Service Center does a wonderful, does God's work there. They both do. And so this will be fantastic. So many people in need and, and uh, this will be a whole lot of fun and go for a phenomenal cause. Right. Well, you guys didn't hesitate. So we appreciate you. Appreciate you joining your willingness to be a part of it. Let's uh, let's have, let's raise some money. Let's have some fun looking at those videos and you guys stay safe, please. I, Fans or not, we'd love to have fans back in the building, obviously, as soon as possible. But fans or no fans, let's get back to playing games here at some point. But until then, be safe, guys. Orlando Magic Pod Squad, presented by Kia, official vehicle of the Orlando Magic.